Schmutz by Felicia Berliner. The doctor's nails are shiny, glittering around the pen. She points at Razel. Do you want to get married? Dr. Poderetz asks. Razel shakes her head. I want, she corrects, but I can't. Mommy sent me to you because I told her and the matchmaker no meetings, no Bashal. She's told her mother she's scared of sex, which is true. Scared she won't ever find a husband, also true. Just not everything that is true. You can't? The doctor's forehead wrinkles. Why not? Hazel's thighs clench. Her thick tights press so close they may as well be stitched together under her long, full skirt, guarding against the feeling that even under all this fabric, a part of her will be exposed. For the sake of finding a husband, though, she will say it. Too much watching, Hazel answers, but the doctor doesn't react. On the computer... Razel adds, blushing. The heat of saying it rises from her temples, from the tops of her ears. Wait, you mean pornography? Razel nods slightly, a hint of yes. Porn, that's what she watches. Schmutz. All right, Dr. Potteretz is nodding your head too, as if this isn't unusual. Let's talk about it. What do you like to watch? Like to watch? Why is the doctor asking this? Razel looks at the ceiling, where perhaps an answer swirls overhead and mumbles to herself. Ich weiß nicht. I don't know. She's not sure what happens to her during the nights of porn. Razel thought Dr. Poderetz would tell her what's going on and how to make it stop. So far, not. Instead, the doctor's question reminds Razel of a video she saw the night before. College girls play games. Three girls lay on a bed on their bellies, wearing shirts, but nothing below. Their bare tushes sticking up. Two of them played a silly video game, chatting and laughing, while a man shut-tupped the one in the middle. Weren't they too old to be playing these games? And didn't they see what was happening between them? Didn't they notice the shit-tupping? She wasn't talking, the girl in the middle, but sometimes she reached her hand around behind her back and held her tush. Razel remembers the girl's nice manicure, her bright pink nails. Razel squeezes her legs together, even tighter, aware that the video memory has stirred sensation down there. She smiles weakly, wondering if Dr. Peretz can tell. But the doctor just tilts her head to one side and asks, can you say a bit more? Preferably in English. I'm sorry, my Yiddish is rather limited. The doctor doesn't sound sorry. But Razel breathes in, getting ready, seems an impossible task to say what she knows. 
Never mind that her knowledge is entirely virtual. The only hands that have touched her body are her own. But the videos imprinted in her memory will not be erased or sealed shut. No angel will come to wipe away her knowledge like the angel who teaches the Talmud to every infant in utero, then pinches the baby's lips shut at birth, leaving the small hollow between nose and lip as a reminder. The child must relearn the Talmud with new consciousness, with a free will. If only Razel could come to the marriage bed like this, fully innocent, newborn, and unknowing, as eager to learn sexual pleasure as if she had not a shred of digital experience. It's too late, though, for this kind of purity. Razel sinks lower in the armchair, and the wine-colored leather creaks without mercy each time she moves. Razel fears she cannot be reconciled with the sex that awaits her, post-ritual bath, Friday night sex. Will she take off her special bride's nightgown and be naked? Will she ever persuade her, Shusen, the husband of her future, to put his tongue down there? Based on the women Razel's seen in videos, she doesn't think she can live without this, and she fears her chisin will think she's a proust, a coarse girl with ugly wishes. Sometimes she dares to hope. If she take her chisin's cock dick into her mouth just once, he won't be able to live without it either. Of this, porn has convinced her. Of this, porn has her convinced. If she can just stop watching porn now, perhaps it's not too late to find the chisin to get married. You can help me quit watching, Razel asked. Do you want to quit? The doctor lowers her chin and observes Razel over the top of her glasses, asking this question in the same even tone she uses to gather all the facts. So far, the doctor has collected the meaning of Razel's name, Yiddish, for Rose, age, 18 and a half, and birth order, third of five brothers and sisters. Only five children? Why so few? The doctor had asked. It pained Razel to speak of mommy's miscarriages, as if she were giving away family secrets. But according to mommy, even though the doctor is not from the community, she has worked with other Cheshitis families. Presumably, she has dealt with the rumored heartaches and tizuries, the schnapps-loving mother, the plate-smashing father, the bed-wedding bar mitzvah boy. On occasion, a bride who does not bleed on her wedding night and has never been near a horse. And now, Razel, daughter of Israel, porn addict. I can't quit, Razel says. Every night I'm looking at it. The fluttering movement of Dr. Podhoret's pen makes Razel forget what she's saying. Every night, prompts the doctor, you have internet at home? Yes, Razel says, and her toes curl inside her flat black shoes. Another secret, now out. 
Taddy is a manager at the electronics store, and since he hurt his back, they let him work from home sometimes. He got internet for his email. He doesn't know I have the password, that I opened the internet on my laptop, which I'm only supposed to use to study accounting. I'm in the Cohen College Honors Program. I have a scholarship. These details come out in a rush. So much easier to talk about than the videos. Also, I work a few hours a week for business on 47th Street. Basil continues. And as soon as I finish my degree, it's already arranged. I'll work full time. Arranged, asks Dr. Polheretz. Like a marriage? I have a laptop, Hazel says impatiently. The doctor is missing the point. For me, it's permitted because it's it's for Parnusa, for livelihood. I give the money to mommy, and she saves it to pay for my wedding. And in the meantime, before I get married, the money helps pay for my brothers. In a few years, they'll work, like Tati, to earn a living. But for now, they learn Torah all day. I have my computer where I want. School, home, bed. Razel's cheeks flush yet again, but the doctor's face is perfectly smooth, undisturbed. Nothing else is allowed, nobody else is allowed to have a computer at home. Not my brothers, my sister, my friends, Razel says. For them, it's forbidden. That's very unusual, isn't it? The doctor asks. A young woman like you going to college before getting married? Hazel nods. Tati almost forbade it. Last spring, nearly a year earlier, when Hazel showed Tati the college acceptance letter, he waved it away, deemed it profane. College is to me, he said. (laughs) Mommy interceded on her behalf, arguing that it would be improper to study accounting, and Hazel had a head for numbers. She reminded Tati of the salary for an accountant. And besides, it would give it would cost them garnished. Razel had a full scholarship. Garnished mit garnished, Tati said dismissively, not looking up from his game nore. Zero cost and zero gain. Please, Tati, Razel said. He paused his learning, pursing his lips gazing at Razel. He picked up his yarmulke from the top of his head, smoothed it over his nearly bald crown, and a slightly thicker fringe of hair at the back, then put it down again at the top, exactly where it had been before. He stared without blinking, a look that was a command. Razel, he pronounced her name the traditional way, Drew it out, drew it out long, a name that turned into a sentence. Nishkan science, he said. No biology, no monkeys. You already know where you come from. Only accounting. Hazel had said yes to Tati's conditions. She didn't mention things like distribution requirements and electives. She didn't say that a computer was part of her scholarship. It was spring 2012 by the Goyish calendar, and the great rabbis had just banned the internet. At City Field, with 40,000 men as witnesses, 
the rabbis decreed that the internet with filters could only be used at work. And yeshivas were not to admit any student with internet in the home. Razel, Razel, Razel heard about it from some other students at her all-girls high school who gotten the news on a live stream. The internet informed them that they were not allowed to use the internet. Razel was secretly grateful that her intention to use the internet cannot harm her brother's chances for admission to yeshiva. Her older brothers, Shilomi and Moishe, had been studying for years already, and her younger brother, Yoshi, who just celebrated his bar mitzvah, had also passed the scrutiny of the rabbis and been admitted to yeshiva. Finally, Tati gave his consent. At the end of the summer, as the first semester of college started, Razel got her a scholarship computer. It was sleek and silver, the shape of an apple minus one bite right in the middle of the wood. Even unplugged, it felt warm to her as if it radiated from inside her book bag. Walking home from the subway, Razel kept her arm over her bag, afraid that on the crowded sidewalk, somehow the women pushing the strollers and the men hurriedly walking by with their, with their plastic bags could discern the outline of her laptop, could feel its heat. She didn't know until she got home what she didn't know, how to turn it on, how to open, install, and use the college's free software, how to do anything with it besides hold it. What did you do? exclaimed Porheretz. How did you learn? Razel shrugs. A librarian had helped her apply to college, and now her advisor taught her how to Google, how to look for life on the internet. You can register online, her advisor had, had said. Pick your classes, choose what you want. What I want? Well, within the limits. As a freshman, you don't have too many options. But a few, here, she said, turning her monitor so Razel could watch. And then she started typing. www, she said, dot Cohen College dot edu. Textbooks are online, too. You can find them used on Amazon, and the president's welcome to new students. That's on YouTube. Everything the advisor put into the Google bar, every wish and command, was held, invisible, inside the computer, and then surfaced on the screen. To the doctor, Razel says, a few things I learned from my advisor, the software I learned from YouTube videos. You taught yourself. No one helped you. Yeah, Razel nods. The doctor tilts her head to one side, taking this in. Why did you come to me, Hazel? Why ask for help now? So you can't help. I didn't say that. But you could have talked to a rabbi, a rabbi's wife. It might be easier to talk about it in Yiddish. Hazel has a round face, but when she's angry, her cheeks pucker inward. Her freckles get redder along with her skin. If I go to someone inside, I won't get a shuduk, no match, or I'll get the nebish, some pitiful boy who no one else wants. You haven't told anyone? Of course not. Then you're still observant? 
Basil glances down at her turtleneck sweater covered by a cardigan and sweeps her hand through the air over her body, a see-for-yourself gesture. Maybe because it's in the middle of winter and all the doctor's patients wear sweaters in January, she had to ask about Razel's observance. But there are too many clues. A bit of Razel's thick beige tights, like an extra skin, is visible from calf to ankle, but looks nothing like flesh. The seam runs like a faded, raised scar down the back of each leg, plus long sleeves over long sleeves. Razel, hoping that the extra layers of clothing would be an antidote to porn, or at least provide armor against detection of her habit. Even without a rumor like that, she is a difficult match, with many strikes against her. Although her oldest brother, Shalomi, got married two years ago and has a baby, her next brother, Moishe, her favorite, turned 20 and is still single. Razel suspects that she's not the only one who has seen him with a cigarette that turned out not to be a cigarette. And then there is her hair, a shade of coppery paprika. Razel keeps it in a ponytail to minimize the massive curls, to contain the bright light. Families of young men searching for a bride might avoid a redhead unless the color already runs in the family. Mommy denied it was red. Nishroit, she had protested to the matchmaker. Cinnamon, she offered instead pulling a strand of Razel's hair taut as if to change Razel's prospects by making one ringlet straighter, smoother, less red. Well, Potteret says, now you're here with me. Her chin drops in a smiling affirmative, but one eyebrow lifts, the arc of a renegade question mark, a face moving in two directions. Razel considers Razel considers the, do- the, do- the doctor's perfectly straight, dark hair combed into a neat bun. Definitely her own, not a wig. Her creamy, sleek, silk blouse with long sleeves and a bow at the collar could be modest, but isn't so tight across the front. She wears a wedding band and a diamond ring. She's nothing like the married women Razel knows. She has sleeves lined with books, all with English titles. On the wall is a painting of golden flowers in a vase. The office smells of false citrus, oily cleaners, dust nevertheless. A cooling coffee on the side table next to the doctor's armchair. Behind her is a desk piled with more books and half hidden underneath are two low-heeled brown pumps, siblings of the black pair on her feet. The doctor's prettily manicured nails, clear polish with white tips, remind Razel again of the girl in the video she'd seen the previous night. Just before she tipping started, when the girl's tush was in the air, Razel saw everything down there, the oval of pink flesh, with shiny folds curling away from her dark lock, her hole a purple shadow. And the other lock, small and wrinkled, an even darker hole, 
with one hole right above the other like that? Where does the chavance go? Razel watched the video to find out. She worried for the girl, felt relieved each time the chavance went into the right hole, but also bothered, dissatisfied. Why not the other hole? In some videos, the man chatups tushes. How does the chavance decide? In this video, the man's face never appeared, so it was impossible to guess anything about what he wanted or what he would do next. Maybe that's why the girl held her tush, pink fingertips, pointing at her shimuri, a signal to the chavance. Go here. Razel squirms in the chair, says nothing. How can she explain this watching in any language? It would certainly not be easier to talk about it in Yiddish. Words for what she's seen are not said in Yiddish by anyone she knows. She's never heard of tushes, of shmundi, only found them on the internet, along with the other shmutsigi shifting words. The doctor, though, is undeterred. Let's continue. Again, she points at her pen at Razel. How did you start watching porn? I googled. Googled pornography? Razel shakes her head no. I googled Der Bashafar to see what the internet says about the creator. And then I googled. She can't mention the holy names. It was easier to type them than it is to say them. I googled Hashem too. It seems silly now that she'd once thought the computer would explain God, unveil a new aspect of holiness. In those first weeks and months of having a computer, when she realized it could explain so much, she wanted it to reveal everything. But the virtual world could also disappoint. About Hashem, the internet offered the reasons for saying Hashem, the name, instead of the actual divine name, and Razor already knew this. When I tried the English name G-O-D, there were so many pictures of men. Although Razor understood the Gohim worship a man, it was shocking to see those pictures. In one, a man with flowing hair and a beard, leaning from a cloud, stretched his finger out to a hand of a naked man. After I saw that, I had a different idea. I typed, kiss. Because the internet has pictures for everything. It gives the internet a word, and it gives you back pictures. So many people kissing, and men with long hair, mesh makeup, and men kissing men, and women kissing too. He liked that, Dr. Porterette says. This might be a question, but Razel doesn't stop for it. I wanted more pictures. All the pictures of what I don't find anywhere else. I typed sex and found videos. What comes up if you try to find sex is sex, not just words about sex. And the videos are full of English she doesn't know. So she asks the internet to teach her Yiddish. Cock is shabant. Pussy is shamandi. Together they shut up. The English names are so strange and ugly. Cunt? A goyiche word for a goyiche place, except that she has one too. She googles the whole 
Sugi vocabulary to find out what in Yiddish are those words. Better that pushy is shmushka because it's always shmushed and lock the hole where the whole story happens. The gun, the gun, the the deed. The internet gives her pictures and videos, and when she needs them, words for other words. An unfamiliar Yiddish that is still her mamalushin, her mother tongue. Even mommy never spoke this way. Okay, Dr. Part says, I understand how you started watching pornography. But doesn't anyone in your family realize you're watching? That you're online? Grazel's hands feel damp. And she smooths them against her skirt as if she can wipe off the guilt along with the cold sweat. Her sister, Giddy, does know because Grazel showed Giddy the internet. A month ago during Hanukkah, someone had told Giddy about a music video made by Maccabees, how amazing and handsome they were, this group of singing yeshiva students. Every night of Hanukkah, Giddy begged to watch them on the phone Tati keeps for his work. Every night, Tati said, no, it's not Harish, it's forbidden. It's just a Hanukkah song, Razel said up on the eighth night. And Tati slammed his fist so hard against the table, he knocked the Fankin, an entire plate of Shanukah donuts, to the floor. We have the Torah and the Hanukkah prayers to sing. He stood shouting while Mommy got a towel and cleaned the jelly glops and powdered sugar. For what do we need these students to make up songs? They should spend more time studying and less singing, he continued. And you... He stormed around the table to Razel's place, shaking his finger at her. Don't think because you're at Goyish College working that you're too big to show respect. Salam, stop. Mommy jumped up and ran towards Tati. He turned sharply from Razel to Mommy, yelling, Shah, don't interrupt when I'm teaching them. You're too soft, and this is the result. Tati waves his hand in Razel's direction. Does your father get angry like that very often? Dr. Poderetz asks, did he hit you? Nine, Razel says. Never hits me. But she had felt Tati's rage against her and against Mommy. And why? Were the Maccabees really so bad? Why would Der Bashiver, the all-powerful, worry about a few students making music videos? Later that night, Razel told Giddy to come sit on her bed and clicked on YouTube. This is the internet, she said to Giddy. There's no filter? Giddy looked puzzled. Hazel shrugged. She'd also been surprised at first that Tati hadn't put a filter on, but then she had taken it as a good sign. Luck, her destiny. Then in some strange way, Dar Beshefer wanted her to go to college, wanted her to have internet access. And she gave Giddy this Hanukkah gift, playing the music video at a very low volume. She didn't think those boys were any good, but Giddy went crazy over the acapella singers and yarmulkes. But Giddy went crazy over those acapella singers and yarmulkes. Fourteen years old, what did she know? To Giddy, each singer was more handsome than the next. Don't you like him, she said, pointing at one. 
How old do you think he is? Pointing at another. She begged to play the video again, and then a third time. Razie, please. Again, she wanted it, but Razel said no. Mommy will be wondering what's going on, and anyway, she had to study. So you show Getty the video, and she liked it, Dr. Poderet says. Razel nods. And you like to watch videos too, the doctor says, right? Razel's mouth goes dry, her tongue pasty. Not music videos, she manages to say, like Giddy. She whispers the Shahem prayer at bedtime and turns out the light. But she doesn't go to sleep. No? You watch something else? The doctor's question conjures in Razel an image of herself in her bedroom. Razel sees her body, what used to be hers, without having to think about it. But now, Dr. Poderet wants Razel to watch herself and describe what she sees. So this is therapy, a porn of the self. In her narrow bed, Razel watches under the covers, the computer resting on her nightgown. The lid is open, but angled forward so she can shut it quickly, and the volume is muted. The only sound is Giddy softly snoring on her matching twin bed across the room. On screen, the woman stretches over a much bigger bed with her back arched and the crown of her head tipped into the pillows. So Razel has a view of her open mouth, the dark hollows of her flared nostrils. The man lifts her hips and pushes himself sharp and fast into her bald schmuddy again and again. With no sound, Razel has to imagine the woman's moan. In pleasure? In pain? The woman spits on her finger and rubs, her, rubs herself in a kind of rhythm with the man. Even without sound, Razel understands something crucial has shifted. The woman's features soften, her eyes open for a moment, and then close again as her thighs tighten around the man. Abruptly, he stops and climbs forward over her body, points his shavants at her lips, smiling. She swallows him. So this is what a woman does. Shaves her shmuddy, takes a man in her mouth, eats without saying a blessing first. Put her at sweets. Her unflinching silence like an extra set of walls around the room, holding Razel suffocating her. Razel can't manage to say a word. It must be hard to talk about, Poderet says, but I can help you. Suddenly, Razel is scared. The doctor's promise is seductive, but what if the therapy doesn't work? Even if Razel can find a way to put it all into words, she doesn't believe in the doctor. You think it's hopeless, says Dr. Poderet, as if she's read Razel's mind. You're worried about never getting married. But Razel, you haven't even tried to go on a date. You don't know what will happen. The doctor shuts her notebook. Our time's up for today, but I want you to consider something. Why not go on a date? You don't have to marry the first guy you meet. Some young women do, I know that. But not everyone, right? Razel nods, thinking of girls who had had a few matches before they found their shiveg, their destined mate. One date. What did you call it? A show? You could just try once. Think about it, at least. And we can discuss it next time. 
The doctor doesn't seem to require anything further. So Razel stands and moves slowly, uncertainly, towards the door, weighed down by all she hasn't said. In the small hallway, she puts on her coat, wraps herself in a large wool scarf, and prepares for the cold. Poderetz wants her to agree to the show, but there is so much more she didn't tell Poderetz. This is what happened last night. What happens on all the nights of porn. While she watches, bodies on the screen, her own body vanishes. But as soon as the video ends, her thighs and hips are present again, heavy, her skin tight, tightest of all at the point where her body is joined, where the blood of one half rushes to meet the blood of the other. Razel shifts the computer off her belly and... Under the covers, pulls up her nightgown. Following the woman in the video, Razel spits on her fingers, reaches through the coarse hair to find what's exposed online and hidden on herself. Razel makes circles there, a strange orbit of sensation, as quiet as she can be, at the last moment, biting her lips, closed while her entire body shakes, a convulsion, knees drawing up nearly to her chest, aftershocks and waves, a voiceless trembling that is almost prayer.